Welcome to the Stage Break Podcast, the weekly show that follows the NASCAR Cup Series and gives you the info you need before heading into the race weekend. Let's get this show going and talk some racing. Welcome back to the show. Episode 3 is underway. My name is Josh, and we've got some good stuff lined up for you on this show. Richmond Raceway. What's it going to take to win this weekend? We'll talk about it. Also, Martin Truex Jr. Is he retiring? Is he sticking around? We'll talk about that too, so stick around to find out my thoughts on those things. And if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for dropping by. I hope you enjoy the show. And if it is something that you enjoy, I encourage you to share it with people. Get spread the word out, help the show grow, and help more people be able to enjoy the Stage Break podcast. Well, before we get into the week ahead, let's kind of review very quickly CODA. And just as I anticipated, I thought it would be exciting, I thought it would be intense, and it was. I mean, the chaos on lap one, I mean, you know, feel bad for Jimmy Johnson, didn't even get to cross the start-finish line on his first lap, got taken out there to like turn 19, turn 20 area. Uh, How about when the the dirt got pulled out onto the track in turn eight and, you know, the cars that if they missed their line and didn't didn't get on those rumble strips, I mean, they spun around. Multiple cars did that. The three green-white checker finishes. The post-race drama with Daniel Suarez and, uh, uh, you know, his his teammate, Ross Chastain, Alex Bowman. I mean, you kind of had it all at Coda. Uh, You know, the, the, the chaos in turn one, of every restart that we had. I mean, that's the stuff that the drivers probably hate, but we as race fans really love it. And I think we've got pretty much all that you could bargain for. And I I think there's some listeners out there that uh, were actually at the race. I spoke with some of you. So uh, you you kind of echoed that from your perspective. So I think it was a really good race. And congratulations to our pick to win it. Tyler Reddick led over half the race. Survived the three green-white checkers. He overcame a pit strategy error. If you didn't catch it, he uh, got kind of suckered into um, pitting a little bit early, and it made him off-sequence to where he was on a three-pit strategy. William Byron was on a two-pit strategy. And if if it hadn't been for Tyler Reddick's speed, I think William Byron probably would have won the race just because of the pit strategy error. But because he was so fast... He's able to make up the time that he lost from an entire pit sequence. So just a super dominant car, despite those uh, uh, the pit strategy. And then even him struggling on the restarts and trying to figure out that timing on when's your braking zone on a restart. It's different than under green flag conditions. So he, he, he said even in his, I think, a post-race interview or something, he had the, the green flag laps down whenever that, that braking zone that hit the mark that he needed to hit. But on a restart, he had to figure that out, and he was over, able to overcome that. So good job to him, and congratulations to him and 2311 and uh, the work that they are doing over there. Well, let's move on to things uh, looking ahead. Uh, if You may have seen on my Instagram, the Stage Break Podcast Instagram page, I, I put out a story 
um, asking for questions from you guys. I didn't get any takers this week, and that is totally fine. But feel free, if you ever see that, feel free to ask me anything. I'd love to get your input and your feedback. Uh, even if, you know, just some ideas. Maybe you're curious about some dynamics of a track or, um, you know, the, the banking of a track or something like that. Or um, maybe you're curious what where I think a certain driver is going to finish that week, you know, top five, outside the top ten, something like that. What about, uh, you know, NASCAR rule questions, my opinions about something that happened in a race, whether or not that was the right call or right thing. Even this, and I would really appreciate this, if you have an idea for the show, something you would love to hear on here, let me know. You can send me a, a DM or um, answer it there in that question. I'll, I'll do the best that I can to um, just give you the solid answers and I gladly take your advice for stuff that you all as the listeners of this show want to hear. I want to make this show better for you. So if you've got any input or anything at all that you say, you know what, I think it'd be really cool if you talked about this, let me know that and I'll, I'll gladly take your input and work on it. Well, let's look ahead to Richmond Raceway. Again, the show that brings you what you need to know, kind of getting the facts out of the way in a, in a timely manner. Richmond Raceway, the Toyota Owners 400. It's a three-quarter mile track. It's a D-shaped oval. Uh, and basically what that means is this. Uh, the exit of turn four through the, the front stretch, which isn't really that much of a front stretch, but then the turn one, it's all a gradual turn. The only straight part of the track is between uh, turn three and turn four, uh, turn two and turn three, the back stretch basically. But what that means is you don't, uh, at Richmond, you're not going to slow down to a certain speed and then carry that speed through the turn all the way from entry to exit. Turn one, you're gradually slowing down to the optimum speed to hit turn two, and then you're going to get on the gas, head to turn three. Turn three is in four, the opposite. You're going to slow down to that speed you need to make turn three, but then as you come out of turn four, you're going to be gradually getting on the gas and accelerating. And uh, that's that's what these drivers have to deal with. So it's 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 a unique dynamic of a track, and it makes for some really good racing. It, tire fall off is a huge deal at Richmond, so we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But what are the keys to a winning car? Kind of as I hinted at the beginning of the show, what's it going to take to win at Richmond? Well, I think it's going to take a few things. Uh, turn two under braking, you got to be really good there, and then turn four under throttle. To optimize your lap time here uh, for these drivers, they have to be able to, to do both of these well. You got to make sure that as you're gradually slowing down in turn one, setting yourself up for turn two, the exit of the turn, you don't want to be having to be on the brake any more than you have to. So you got to have a good balanced car that's going to turn well under braking. But also you've got to have a that's something that's going to turn well under throttle because as you come out of turn three and into turn four, you need to get on the gas. So, you know, the more time braking and the, the more time that you can't get on the gas, you know, if your car's too tight and it's not able to turn in turn two or, uh, you know, same thing on, on the exit of four, if you can't get on the, the gas there, it's going to kill your lap times. So, um, I, I believe it was AJ, I know it was AJ Allmendinger, I think it was on Sirius XM radio, he was talking about what, what his car needs to be this weekend, and he was talking about just a neutral balance. You don't want too much one way or the other, because if, you know, if, if, you're, if you're more heavy on your right front, you're going to kill your right front, and that's going to kill your lap time in terms of one and two. 
If you're, you're, you're leaning too much on your right rear tire, that's going to kill your lap times in three and four. So you want that neutral balance on the car that's going to be consistent under braking and acceleration. And then for these drivers, great tire management. You don't want to burn them up too much. So that's, a, that's going to be a really big part, really big player into uh, this track. And that's a little bit of the dynamics of Richmond Raceway and what you're going to see. And ultimately, whoever wins this race, I think, is going to have those characteristics in their car. A neutral balance, able to turn well under braking in turn two, able to exit turn four and get to the throttle quick and carry that speed all the way around the track. And obviously, just great tire management. Someone who knows, I mean, they, these guys are all professionals, but someone that's able to make the right decisions of when to use your tires, when not to what moves you can make, what moves you can't make, and just being really wise with those tires. That's what it's going to take to win this weekend. Would you like more from the stage break? Then be sure to check us out on Instagram. You'll find additional content posted throughout the week and on race day. Get show sneak peeks, make your prediction for who will win the race, participate in questions and answers for the show, enter giveaways, and more. Check it out today at the Stage Break Podcast. Again, that's on Instagram at the Stage Break Podcast. Now, back to the show. Let's talk some potential strategy that we're going to see here at Richmond this weekend. The obvious variable to this weekend is the low downforce package that's on these cars. The, the low downforce package, it's the same package that we saw at Coda and at Phoenix. The, the three things that it should do, it should slow down the lap times, it should increase tire fall off, and it should make for better racing because the the cars are harder to handle. They should be a little bit closer together. Uh, if you know if someone slips up a little bit, there should be someone there to kind of take advantage of that. So that's the kind of stuff that should be happening with this low downforce package that NASCAR has come out with. But we haven't really seen that in either Phoenix or Coda. Uh, you know, Coda, I expected lap times to be 215 to 220. And they were right there at 210 to 212, which is what they were in previous years. So it really didn't hinder the cars as much as they anticipated. And then Phoenix was kind of the same way. It's you know it's a one mile track, not a not a three quarter mile track, but it still carried this low downforce package. It turns one and two at Phoenix are so flat, you would think that less downforce would mean slower speeds, more tire wear, but they just didn't get the results that they were expecting. So I've heard some stuff around, uh, you know, SiriusXM radio, uh, done some research, and so some people, some uh, you know, guys in the sport think that Richmond's going to be kind of the telling racetrack to how effective is this low downforce package, and that's a variable that we haven't had before, and we can't fully anticipate just yet. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out if it's similar to you know Phoenix and Coda where it's not really played that big of a factor or maybe it, it will play a bigger factor here because Richmond is notorious for tire fall off anyway and now there's less downforce to increase that uh, you know who knows it could it could be a, a difference maker in this weekend's race for who wins and who doesn't but what are maybe some strategic moves to look for I th- I think the the fuel window, based off of the research I did from last year, is about 90 laps. So fuel strategy is is going to be key. Tire strategy is going to be key. Both of those in relation to cautions. You know, if because it's a three quarter mile track, if a caution comes out, you can really save a lot of fuel. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't do that Daytona not as effectively just because of how big it is. But a three-quarter mile track, under caution, fuel saving's a big deal. Tire strategy is also a big deal because it is so short that there is a strong potential that if you get tires and a lot of people don't, and or for whatever reason that may be, under caution, then you're going to be able to get around those people who are still on old tires. I really don't think we're going to see that that much. But, you know, the tire strategy could be something that plays in, especially uh, the pit cycles. And and we'll talk more about how this played out last year and last year's races. But, you know, maybe even the pit strategy, similar to how Coda was a two-stop or three-stop strategy predominantly, it could be the same thing. Do you stay out more, pit less, and try to get that advantage of just overall time? Or do you pit more and have two to three second better lap times and make up that lap that you lost uh, taking the pit stop because you've got the fresher tires that can handle it. So that's the kind of stuff that that we're going to see play out. It makes for some great, great racing to watch because it's just so many things going on. There's different ways that you can win. And it's really going to be kind of, you know, who has the best car that's set up for it, but then ultimately who executes the best, both in you know, on pit road and on in strategy for pitting and for, and, and for, for being out and how many times do you pit? Uh, what do you do? I'm curious to see if this will play out. If we have a late caution, I don't think you're going to see anyone take just two tires. I think because the way the fall off is so big, I think you're going to see four tire stops. However, William Byron has won two races this year, both of them because they did some interesting pit strategy at the very end. Uh, I know one for sure, maybe both of them was because they took two tires, not four, and they were able to pull it off. So there, there may be some people that look at that and say, you know what, they did this, uh, they pulled it off, they made it work, maybe we can too. And so we may see some two tire stops if we get this late race caution. Uh, we'll just have to see how that plays out. I doubt you'll see too many people do that. I think because how abrasive the track is, how important grip is here. I think you're going to see four tires across the board, but there's a chance. You never know. So who are the ones to watch in this weekend's race? Well, the two obvious ones, there's really four. I'm, I'm pointing out three here today. There's really four guys to watch, but the obvious ones are last year's winners, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. And I've got some numbers for you in case you're interested in it. Denny Hamlin, he's a four-time winner here at Richmond. This is kind of his home track. You know, he's from Virginia. And last last spring, he took the lead from William Byron with four laps to go. He was on that strategy where you pit more, you have the better lap times. William Byron was on the pit less, keep the track position, get ahead as far as you can, try to hold him off. And it just about worked because these lap times are really fast. They're like 20 seconds. So he was literally, what is that, like a minute and a half from winning this race, you know, four laps. But, uh, but Denny Hamlin was able to get around him. So Denny Hamlin knows how to pit off sequence from some other guys. And by the way, if you do that, you've got to work with lap traffic. You've got to get around people in a timely manner without burning up your tires. He knows how to do it. He, th- he can do it. He did it last year. So he's an obvious one to look at again. Since the year 2020, his average finish at Richmond Raceway is 4.2. That's a pretty good average. So he's a strong contender each time. Kevin Harvick is the other winner 
from last year, also a four-time winner at Richmond. And again, this is his final season. He's retiring after the season. He held off Christopher Bell last, uh, the second race of the year. His average finish at Richmond Raceway since 2020 is an 8.4. So not as good as Danny ha- Denny Hamlin, but that's still a solid average that he's got. The the fourth one that you know we can we can talk about. I I don't I don't have any notes on it. Don't have any numbers. But Kyle Busch, he's the you know the winningest active driver I believe at six wins at Richmond. He's always a contender. Uh, I'm just I'm thinking that because of their recent switch to uh, Richard Childress Racing, I kind of anticipate maybe a little hiccup here and there that may take him out of contention. Maybe not. They've they've been pretty spot on each week. I'm just thinking that there's you know if one thing goes wrong or they have a bad stop, it could really knock him out. Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, they've got you know momentum and you know team chemistry already. I think that's going to play into their hand for their advantage. The third driver is our driver of the week, the driver that we're going to talk about, the driver that I hinted at on Instagram, if you follow me there, and that is Martin Truex Jr. Now, he only has three wins at Richmond, but he has the best average finish since 2020 of the three drivers I've mentioned at a 3.8. He's strong. He was strong at both races last year. Uh, I just feel like he could do really well at Richmond this year. Let's take a second, get into Martin Truex Jr., kind of go over a little bit of a profile of him, uh, review a little bit of of his career, and uh, give you some reasons why I think he's the one to beat this weekend. He's got 627 race starts. He's won 31 times. He has 133 top fives, 264 top tens, 20 poles, and has led over 11,300 laps. He was a 2017 Cup Series champion. And I, you know, the question I kind of baited you with at the beginning, is he retiring? Well, we don't know. We thought he might be retiring this year. And he kind of seems to be playing it year by year at this point. It's like, well, am I competitive? Am I having a good time? Is this working well? Then I may not retire. You know, well, am, am, I, am I not competitive? Am I kind of getting to the point where the enjoyment isn't there, then maybe I will retire. That's kind of been his attitude about it. So depending on how this season goes, he may not. We just have to wait and see. But uh, he hasn't indicated uh, one way or the other about retiring, and I think if he gets the win this weekend, he probably won't talk about it for a while. Now, his first win with Joe Gibbs Racing was, you guessed it, at Richmond Raceway. Uh, That was, I believe, in 2019. His most recent win in 2021 was you guessed it, at Richmond Raceway. He, he doesn't have a win in the Gen 7 car yet, and I think Sunday will be his day to go back to victory lane. I think he's going to get it done. So Martin Truex Jr. is that guy that I think you've got to beat. Again, he's got the best lap average, or not lap averages, but race finish averages at a 3.8. Uh, he, he's just super consistent there. Uh, I think he's really hungry for a win. And it being the Toyota Owners 400, I believe that's the you know the main the the title sponsor there. Yeah, Toyota Owners 400. He's uh he I think Toyota's probably going to get behind him a little bit. That might give him a little bit more incentive to get to victory lane. I think he's potentially going to get it done this weekend. So that's my guy to pick. If you've got a different guy to pick, uh you know tune in 
or, or check out, not tune in, to check out the, the Instagram page on race day. I'm planning on always putting up a, a question on a story on who do you think is going to bring the checkers home? Who do you think is going to win the race today? And I'd love to get your input. If you get it right, I'll call you out. I'll give you creds on the, on the show. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, support you a little bit. Uh, get your name out there for getting the answer right. But be sure to put in that, uh, that guess on, uh, on race day. And uh, maybe we can have some fun and have some interactive questions and answers, whatnot, on race day, too. So be sure to check that out on Instagram. I think that'll be a lot of fun. I'd love to connect with you there on race day and throughout the week. Well, I'm excited about this race. I think the strategies are going to be interesting to watch. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this low downforce package plays out. And I just can't wait to see the, the different strat- strategic moves that are made. Uh, I think it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I can't wait to come back next week and talk about this race and the race to come. Well, thank you so much for sticking around, listening to the show. Be sure to check us out on Instagram. If you enjoyed the show, share it with someone else. That'll help so much. It'll help just help the show grow. Uh, I, I'd really appreciate it if you do that. Well, have a great weekend, enjoy the race, and we'll catch you at the next stage break.